would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, the time... Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast, That Wouldn't Die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. I'm all hyped up on sugar today. <laughs> Let the good times roll. This <laughs> week, this week we'll be discussing the horror classic, Fright Night, starring William Ragsdale, Amanda Bears. Chris Sarandon, Stephen Jeffries, and the immortal Roddy McDowell. Good times. Roddy McDowell, who's clearly using the Popeil hair in a can you spray that too. to do the the bad. You mean you mean he wasn't naturally gray at that oh. point? They literally had to spray that shit on. That's ridiculous. He was fifty-seven when he made this movie, but he was basically in his real life. His you know his hair is gray, but he used these the. Uh, dark and lovely or whatever the the deep dark, dark you know what i'm saying his hair was basically like an oil slick normally what, so, what is the men's dye called what is that called there's dark and natural and there's just for men those just are the, the two men. just for don't just for men. women don't do it it's ph balanced for men so there and, you go and as usual i'm sure it was like three dollars versus the women's hair color that was like seven dollars right the, the moral of the story is his hair should have been naturally white. But of course, they use the spray on like it's Halloween shop quality spray on white hair for some oh, reason. Oh, totally. Men are insane. I remember when we uh, lived in Long Beach, I used to love watching Good Day LA and the male anchor because they always had to have a male anchor, the serious person to rein in the crazy women. And uh, what was his name? Steve what? Steve Edwards. Steve Edwards. So Steve yep. Edwards was clearly using some kind of, uh, what do they call it, a toner or a rinse. So at one point he shows up, I swear his hair was magenta. I was like, or burgundy. We're like, it was Ron Burgundy. It was Ron Burgundy. It's how it all starts. Sweet yeah, I'm Jesus. Like, this is LA. That ain't passing before anyone. Who led him in front of the camera with, it, with his burgundy hair? It's a sad situation. Give us your 30-second synopsis of Fright Night. Oh my God, this is literally a, a, another Kevin 1980s wet dream. This is this is absolutely. Like, it is all the freaks from the 80s that that attempted to be on some kind of popular Fox TV show. <laughs> and the ex-husband of Susan Sarandon and and Dr. Sayas, who I think was in charge of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science at one point. Uh, Cornelius, <laughs> not Dr. Sayas. Get it right. Dr. Sayas, Dr. Sayas. Ah, <laughs> uh, Dr. Sayas. That's when the Simpsons were at their prime. Yep. Um, yeah, so it, it goes... People are not having sex on their bed. They're trying to have sex on the floor. I guess that's a buffer in case mom flings the door open. Because in my family, we're not allowed to have locks on our doors. In this family, we don't lock each other out. So that also means you also had no privacy. So I figured that's why they're trying to get busy on the floor when you have a perfectly good queen-size bed. 
Well, it's a single mom situation. She works nights, so it's it's total and lives Gamora. In a mansion. A lot of single moms live in like mansions. Yes. We yes. weren't even allowed to have queen size beds. That 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 promoted, I don't know, room for others, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Comfort. <laughs> you need to get them even more narrow. All right. Anyway, he's watching the creepy peepees of Saturday night horror shows. This is back in the days, children, before you could just stream whatever the crap you wanted. You watched what was on TV because it was what was on. So on Saturdays, I, I feel like I'm like a great grandmother. On Saturdays, like at eight o'clock, they would have a horror movie and you would have a, a local a strange guest like we would get the feed from la and it would be elvira up where i went to college up in humboldt it was the great razuli who i hear was quite quite the swinger we're not sure what the razuli was he did wear a cape and a top hat but I also think he was part of the swinging wife swapping artist community and It wasn't like he was a vampire, and it wasn't like he didn't also wear that just like walking around town. It was the style being the 70s. Okay, (laughs) what I'm talking about is the late 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, vampires move in next door. Like, Like if you look out your window and your neighbors are bringing coffins into the basement, look out or hate tips to vampires like th- throw a blanket over it yeah not subtle not, not subtle. subtle not so and painting out all the basement windows black not subtle so anyway of course chris sarandon is the epitome i think he's wearing almost like a cross between the michael jackson bad jacket and a members only jacket yes nothing better than like gray pleather anyway vampires are careless he figures it out marcy from married with children is 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 the vampire's love but then he acts like he doesn't really give a shit quite frankly (laughs) chris Chris sarandon seemed like he was more into his like human guillermo or whatever yes that's a question there, there was a big question anyway uh you know they fight it they get rowdy mcdowell who's the the creepy peepee host Who's actually believes in all of this stuff? And he has, didn't originally. He didn't originally. He just had like props. Because what else is he gonna do? I guess he has his giant vampire killing case and break. Uh, because that's what you want. You want like a really old man to come and uh, fight Save Chris the day, exactly. at, at his prime. Yes. Anyway, Marcy becomes a vampire. Uh, Herman's head kills the vampire. <laughs> he is Herman's head, by the way. Yes, he People is. don't even remember Herman's head. It's a sad no. situation. I'm sure it lasted one season. Like I said, f- uh, Fox TV shows yes. uh, from the 80s. All, early all 90s. Early 90s. Anyway, they fight the vampires. Apparently, when you kill your vampire, then your girlfriend who died and came back as a vampire is cured. Just snaps right out of it. Snaps right back out of it, and they're getting busy again. And then the next creepy peepee thing is about aliens, and then now we see glowing lights uh, next door. The end.
Very good. Now, when had you even heard of this movie? Did you see this in the theater a hundred years ago? I did not. I did. What what year did this come out? 85? No. No. Absolutely not. But when did you, did you never hear of it until I mentioned it to you? It's like I've heard the name. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know anything about it. I don't remember seeing commercials or anything for this movie. I just remember seeing the box at the video store. The creepy, if it's where it's like, basically there's the, the haunted, like a haunted looking house. And then above it, you see in like the sky, um, what's her name? Uh, Amy with the crazy, like, like a uh, shark mouth. Marcy. Like that's this. Well, she's Marcion married with children. She's Amy in this movie, which is hilarious because she's supposed to be a high school kid in this movie. And she's then a year 30, and a half later. Yeah, she's 35 years old. Clearly. Yeah, A year and a half later, she's Marcion married with children playing an adult woman who's married. So good times. Because the only difference between a 35 year old woman and a high school kid is the high school kid wears two weird ponytails in her in her curly hair and suspenders. But then if you take those out, now she's 35 years old. She she absolutely looked way too old. I she mean, you're too right. too old for college. She was basically like, I'm gonna, we're going to throw a couple ribbons in your hair, make little crazy quasi like pigtails, and hopefully this will fool the audience. No, that was that was the only issue where it was like, really, my belief was suspended was that this woman's why won't you do me? Right. I wasn't sure if she was Mary Kay Letourneau or what the situation (laughs) was. She she was true. It could be one of his teachers. Right. Well, he was that young, but he was not as old as her. No, he was a pretty typical 25 year old trying to pass for 16. That was what was Porky's. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that's Breakfast Club. That's all those movies where it's clearly the kid's not really a high school age. But she went, she was pushing that even yeah. beyond the bounds the of Breakfast of decorum. Club looked much younger than these two. And you knew yeah. already they were too old. It's a sad situation. Um, no, I saw that when I finally saw this movie, I was like, this is a perfect film. It's perfect in all aspects because it's got that they the perfect 80s goofiness and it's a callback to those old Hammer films that I love with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. How dare you? If you were here, I would slap you. What blasphemy (laughs) are you preaching? This is wrong, wrong. (laughs) I speak the gospel. (laughs) This is absolutely uh, the true situation. Shall we jump right in? I uh, I thought we did. Quite this frankly, is... this whole movie is a 50% lie just from jump. Because while it's true, it does take place at night. There ain't no fright. <laughs> well, it's called it's called Fright Night, because that's the name of the, you know, spooky show that Roddy McDowell hosts on Saturday nights or whatever. Yeah. The Elvira, you know, type show is called Fright Night. That's the only reason why it's called that. And, and it's alliterative. It's rhyming. So there you go. It sounds catchy. Fright Night. There thank, you go. Thank you for defining alliterative. It's actually not alliterative. I realized that as I said. It's a rhyme, not alliterative. So there you go. Oh, thank I'm you, a, AP English teacher. I'm an English teacher. So, uh, <laughs> no, but you're you're right. I mean, it's it's not scary. This is not a scary movie, but it's kind of, it's a, in my mind, it's a fun movie. 
it's fun. No, right. not so much. There's no nudity. There's no violence. Uh, uh, there is nudity. Oh, there you're is right. nudity. Basically, uh, we. You're okay. Right. What am I thinking? I saw. What some... are you thinking? Chris Sarandon was filling up some boobies. I forgot about yeah. that. Yes, basically. <laughs> so the, the vampires next door invite high-priced escorts to their house and open up the upstairs shutters and do their thing in full view of the neighbor's window, basically, and then are shocked that people are kind of sniffing them out. Really? Okay. Here's here's uh, the playmate of the month, Chesty LaRue. Chesty LaRue. Uh, po- poking it's, her boobs out. It's McGee. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would have noticed that as well. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you. Sweet Jesus. So, I, yeah. I the, thought it would have been better if they pulled a uh, Lost Boys where Chris Sarandon's chatting up mom. Well, he did kind of a little bit. There's that one scene. Okay. So, uh, I mean, mean, she probably sniffed it out that it's clearly two gay men have moved in next door. Well, she says that she's like, because she's a single mom, she's hot to trot, she's on the she's on the make, and she's like, ooh, you know, we have our new good, he's very good looking, blah blah blah. But of course, he lives with his house painter, so with my luck, he's probably gay, is what she says. Mm -hmm. Now, later in the movie. I think she I think she was right. Later in the movie, uh William Ragsdale is like, "Oh my god, there's a vampire next door." So he goes to talk to his friend. I can't figure out their relationship. They seem to hate each other and yet hang out all the time. Evil Ed? Yeah. Uh and he goes, "Evil Ed, even though I watch horror movies every damn night, I do not understand the basics of vampire mythology. Could you explain it to me?" Wait, oh, holy water works? Which is right. stupid. I watch horror movies because apparently e- either this Fright Night TV show is on every single night right. or we're only seeing every Saturday and then nothing goes on for a week. And then the next Saturday, vampires are winking at him through the window. And then another <laughs> Saturday goes by. Well, and that's Fright Night evidently initially is just... This okay. It's hosted by former horror star Peter Vincent, Roddy McDowell, who's clearly like Peter Cushing from those old movies. Um, and all these shows, he wishes uh, he had he a Peter Cushing's acting chops. Oh, I love Roddy McDowell. I didn't but you're say right. I don't love him, but yeah, let's be fair as fair. Let's call it what it is. Um, but evidently, all Peter Vincent shows are his old movies. <laughs> Where he's like, and I'm starring in. The- I mean, how many movies did he make? I made ten thousand movies in my day. <laughs> Every week I show another one. Um, so right, and they're all about. He's a vampire killer in all of these movies. So really, you could ask a person on the street, and they would tell you crosses, garlic, right? Of There's course. no mystery. You don't need the internet for this. Exactly. Someone asked me if I was when I was nine years old, I would have said, "Okay, this is what you got to do." I mean, exactly. The evil Ed is really like like uh, the crazy brothers from the Lost Boys, the 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 Corys, the Fog Brothers. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're right. Now, what he does say, there's that scene where he does say, like, "Well, here's the thing: vampires cannot come into your house unless they are invited." So he thinks like, oh, that's great. So then he rushes home. And of course, his horny mom is invited 
Yeah. I should find a sexy 80s vampire from next door over to hang out. I, and got, he's like, I got wine coolers. Come on by. I got he cheese was absolutely, in a can. No question. Seagram's wine coolers ready to rock. <laughs> and he says, he's like, well, now that your mom has invited me, I plan to come over all the time. In fact, whenever I want. He's a little forward. She And mom's like, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Standing invitation. I'll be upstairs in my negligee, if you know what I mean, big boy. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Um, we got to start from the beginning. They, Do we? <laughs> well, there's a, like, it, literally there's a scene. It, Go ahead. It is like a slice of life. It's like, if you want to know what, what people were dressed like, uh, in the in the 70s, you watch Saturday Night Fever. It's, this is like a sociological slice. If you want to see what people were dressing like in the 80s, you can watch The Fright Night. Well, it's so bizarre because half the time, William Ragsdale, whose name I can't remember, his character's name, he is wearing like a tweed jacket with like patches over the elbows. It's like... Are you a substitute teacher? What is happening? Why are you dressed in the... I mean, aren't you a high school kid? I mean, while that was a thing, like, with Laura Ashley, it was for adult men. Uh, High schoolers were not wearing tweed or patches on their elbows. So bizarre. It's like, like what is happening? Or they were dressed like Valley Girl. You got to have, like, day glow colors, shoulder pads. Yeah. A lot of zippers yep. and snaps. <laughs> exactly. Parachute pants. Parachute. You had to, you had to do all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was 10 and I got some parachute pants to wear and it was, it was quite fancy. Let me tell you. I got, um, I got caught up in the Jersey Shore workout pants for a while. I think I had a couple of pairs of those. Right. Gene, what is it? Jim Tan Laundry? Is that the uh, Jersey uh, Shore mantra? Oh. You got you to gotta handle all your biz? Oh, my God. Oh, sweet Jesus. So at the beginning of the movie, like he's ostensibly watching Fright Night on TV while trying to commit date rape on his girlfriend on the floor as she's literally fighting him off. And he gets so pissed. Amy! We've been dating for, for two weeks now, and you won't let me go all the way? That's what kind of deal is this? That's, yeah. That is Grease. That is every one of these movies. You fucking bitch, you baby. Give it up. Or get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Oh, okay, yeah. if it's really important, I'll give you my well, chastity. Well, And she does. She basically, he says, all you've said for the last couple of weeks is not now, Charlie. There is Charlie Brewster. There's the name. Not now, Charlie. Jeez, how much more do I have to put up with? And then she's like, fine, let's get into bed. And she's like getting undressed. And that's when he notices the guy is delivering the coffin next door. And he's probably like, now I'm not interested in knocking the boats with you. Yeah. I'm much more interested in the neighbors I, next door. I'm much more interested in hot Chris Sarandon because now I've got deep feelings that are awakening. <laughs> My forbidden passions. My forbidden exactly. Passion. There we go. So, and then for the next like 45 minutes of the movie, it's Amy getting pissed off at Charlie whenever she sees him. Like she thinks they're like, like reconciling. And then he like, forgets her for a second like oh let me talk to Evilette, and she would flip the frick out and smash him in the face with a hamburger it's like what is that? 
We're getting back together. Did you hear about the murders? What about that, Ed? Oh, Amy, why are you hitting me? I can't talk to anybody. <laughs> it's literally, I'm to- completely turned out, tuned out all your jibber jabber. I have no interest in you. Are you dead or alive? I don't know. And we have to talk about evil Ed. Because again, are they friends? I, I have no idea. Like literally, Charlie later, like, like I said, tries to go get like information about vampire lore uh from evil ed and ed's like why should i help you why should i take five seconds to talk about an, a, a topic that i'm very interested in I, I have eight bucks okay for eight bucks i will spill the beans on easily accessible vampire information right are they friends who the hell knows? i don't know because boys are weird with each other they call each other terrible names and say terrible right. things to each other like girls would be like crying and be like fuck you're not my friend right well guys guys are weird guys are sick but it's like his name's just ed we are sick his name is ed but when charlie would get pissed at him he just call him evil evil what there's no explanation why is he evil doesn't rhyme that i mean is that an alliteration evil ed kind of not really I'm sure Who's to say? it's like he's some kind of metalhead Judas Priest listening to character. A little maiden. <laughs> a little a little maiden. <laughs> I didn't even talk about this. When they're fighting at the beginning of the movie about, like, he's chasing her down the stairs because she was now ready to rock and he was ignoring her as he does. They were running down the stairs shouting at each other about having sex. Right. Mom's sitting on the recliner go, oh, is everything okay, guys? She's a very permissible mom. Oh, you love birds. Another lover's they're they're yearly screaming at each other about sex. When are we gonna have sex? I'm tired of this. It's like she's okay. These moms in like the eighties, they always had these like moms that always seem like they've just taken one too many valiums and they're just like half conscious where all this is going on. Right. (laughs) Not well. They're kind of. They're not exactly obstacles. No. Because at different times in the movie, uh, Chris Sarandon, who plays Jerry, Jerry Dandridge, like the names are coming to me slowly. He plays Jerry, the the vampire next door. And he goes and sneaks into Charlie's house to murder him. And he says something along the lines of, you better keep it down, Charlie, because if your mom hears, I'll just have to kill her, too. And then five minutes later, the mom's like, Charlie, is everything okay? And Jerry's like, oh my God, I have to escape. It's like, really? You were just threatening to murder her a second ago. Now you're going to sneak out the window. Oh, I can't let mom find me up in here. What would she think? Well, I have notes about the same thing. One minute, he's trying to push him out the window, but it's only with one hand and it's slow. Like, why don't we just get two hands and give him a quick push? What is this slow well, he, moving right. him backwards, but only with one hand? And then, yeah, well, he, mom comes and he's like, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. Because what? What's she going to do? Why don't you just right. take your, your witch finger down and just cut both their throats and say, F it. And be done with and it. And be done with exactly. it. Well, and, and th- that's the thing about this movie. Multiple times, Jerry Dandridge tells Charlie... I don't want to kill you, Charlie. Just forget about me and I'll forget about you. And Charlie's like, no, I know you're pushing me out the window, but I'm a man of principle. Not going to do it. Really? 
I'm like, yeah, but okay, that's cool. And why doesn't he want to kill him? He's a nice person. I mean, I honestly, guess. I mean, it's probably, you know, you you don't uh, shit where you eat. I understand that. But quite frankly, the vampires next door are really sloppy with the disposing bodies. Well, literally, Charlie susses out that they're vampires the first day they move in. Well, yeah, when you're drinking blood and, like, masturbating in front of an open window <laughs> three feet from a high school kid who's clearly just staring at you, and you're staring back at them. That's a t- I have to talk about that. Yeah, the, the, the Chesty LaRue literally looks right at the camera like it was a cry for help. It's like... <laughs> Typically, you don't want to look right at the camera, Sally. <laughs> Good Lord. Sweet Jesus. But you're right. It's like, hey, if you're if you're dragging coffins down into the basement, throw a tarp over it, and no one's the wiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're murdering hookers, close the blinds. Close the That's blinds. And don't throw them behind a dumpster. Like, you want to... <laughs> You want to hide it. Successful serial killers get away because they don't find the bodies right away. Keep it on the DL. Put them in the dumpster, not behind the dumpster. How about that one? Well, and he murders the hooker and she lets out a blood curdling scream, but evidently only Charlie hears it. Yeah. No one else in the, in the well-populated neighborhood has any knowledge of screams coming from the Maybe house. Maybe that's just the, the kind of neighborhood they're living in. I don't know. It's how they do it. So Charlie goes to the cops, because there, there have been murders in the area, as we know, and convinces them to come to Jerry's house. And, of course, Charlie can't keep it together, spills the beans, saying, oh, because they're vampires. Which, of course, the cops don't believe. And the cop literally says... If I see you again, I'm going to throw you in jail forever. What crime is that? Is that how this works? Is that, how it, is that Maybe this is Detroit. I don't know. Maybe this is how it works. <laughs> it's Detroit. Exactly. Um, on the crime it, it, of pissing me off. Yeah, on the crime of being a jackass. Um, in the end, when we figure out where the coffin actually is, it wouldn't have mattered because they wouldn't have been able to find it anyway. Right, there was a secret bookcase or something that they installed. Who that? Well, but and that's what the familiar um, Jeff does. That his name or Billy? Billy. Their names are so funny. So you have Jerry the vampire and his familiar slash lover Billy, Mm -hmm. who takes care of him. uh, Basically says, "Hey, let's." police officer we can go down to the basement and take a look if you want and the police officer's like nah we're good i believe you i'm gonna i'm gonna threaten this guy instead um (laughs) i like i like how charlie is literally nailing the window his upstairs window shut the window is of course made of glass so is it 13 it's not 13 nails (laughs) It was 13. It must have been 13 now because it's like, look, I mean, this is not plexiglass. This isn't like a a steel trap that you're closing. It's like (laughs) they can break the glass. I'm pretty sure a vampire can do that. But anyway, (laughs) moving on with our lives. Did you notice that uh, Jerry is is drinking a drink when he's sitting down talking to Charlie's mom? Do you know what the drink was? A Bloody Mary. big old celery stock hanging out there so that was brunch Um, or what was that it was brunch well for for him it is brunch (laughs) right because the sun just went down good times i I will tell you just a a 
a one-off. I was in Italy Please. at a birthday party at like this beach club, and this was in the evening, and they were serving Bloody Marys. That was an optional drink. I was like, I guess if you like Bloody Marys, anytime's a time for Bloody for a Bloody Mary, right? I've never seen them. I mean, you can order it whenever you want. You just don't see that in the in in America. It's a breakfast drink. Now you're breakfast drunk. You don't get a gin fizz at midnight. Would you, if you went to a restaurant and said, you know, I'll have a Bloody Mary, whatever, with like the record skip, everyone turns around, you hear murmuring, and like, um, are you sure, ma'am? I don't know. It's just not Um, the custom. It's simply not done. It's not done. Is what you're saying. Lovey. Unless you're a vampire. Lovey would not be drinking a Bloody Mary. Lovey. Where's your Bloody Mary? Okay, anyway. When um, I get married again, I'm going to insist on being called Lovey. Me <laughs> and my cat, Lily Latte. <laughs> when you marry Thurston Howell the third, Or um, even the fourth. Have you... Have there ever... Have you ever heard of anybody else being named Thurston? Not... I I know that's like a real name, but I... Is it? It's a real name, Thurston. But I have never known anyone in my life. But I've never known anyone named Agnes. Well, no, I mean, I have never even seen it or heard it in fiction and entertainment other than Thurston Howell. I'm, I'm Googling this mofo. For, from Gilligan's Island, right. for anybody who's, who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. Anybody under the age of 50. Anyway. It's, we're all about um, let's be as obscure as possible. Absolutely. So when Jerry's pushing Charlie out the window. Wait, Thurston, isn't that one of our Supreme Court? Oh, no, that's Thurgood. Thurgood Marshall. Another uncommon name, Thurgood. Um, anyway, when Jerry's pushing Charlie out the window to his oh, doom. there's a young Char- person, Thurston Moore. He's from uh, that band, right? What band? Sonic Youth. His name is Thurston. So not... Th- so not that young. Well, Sonic Youth is not a, a current. When you think of Thurston, I, I'm expecting someone who was like hanging out with Al Capone. You know what I mean? That is true. No question. Um, so Charlie's hanging out the window. To defend himself, he grabs a pencil and stabs Jerry's hand with it. There are, And this wards off Jerry, but there are multiple issues with this. Number one, being stabbed with a pencil doesn't isn't inherently damaging to a vampire. I mean, I think they're trying to say it's like a driving a stake through the heart kills them. Stabbing them with a wooden lead pencil at any any other part also kind of hurts All them. Right, I, I'm not I'm sure gonna, that's how it I'm, works. Now I'm I'm deep diving. So Thurston. Well, let me finish my jag on stabbing. I've I've tr- I've started four times. You keep interrupting with Thurston's. I don't give a damn about Thurston's, but go ahead. Uh, other issue with the stabbing of the pencil is that he, he stabs the hand that's around his neck. So based upon how far he drives the pencil through the guy's hand, he would have murdered himself. He would have impaled himself through the throat and that would have been the end of Charlie. So good times had by all. Go ahead, Thurston. <laughs> so it comes from North mythology from Thor... And Stein, which means rock, the rock of Thor. And but but it could also be English because there's a Thurston County. So whatever. 
It's important that we know. The more you know. And that was it? That was it. That's what you wanted to tell I, us I about get, the well, name Thurston. I wasn't Thurston. listening to anything you were saying. I was already off on a good. Toot. Yeah, I was dropping pearls. But anyway. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll catch uh, it on the re-listen. Now, they say, so why later in the movie, um, Jerry attacks and turns Ed into a vampire? And I kept thinking, why turn Ed? Because Ed doesn't believe it anyway. He doesn't believe that Jerry's a vampire. He never believes he's a vampire until the moment that Jerry turns him into right. one. So he could have just let Ed go. Or and then Jerry... Why do you need an extra vampire? Although what well, we find out about the real evil Ed later on goes along with my original theory. Well, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Uh, but what's interesting, it's like, then it establishes like, because Jerry kind of goes to Ed and says like, you know, I know what it's like to be different and, you know, take my hand and you'll never be bullied again. And these are things that are not established in the movie that I mean, Ed's a weirdo, no question. But there aren't like scenes of him being bullied by people. Yeah. We're just supposed to take for granted. Like, by Herman. oh, he's a weirdo. Herman's the only one right. that we see saying bad things and upsetting him. He's the one who calls him evil all the time. His best buddy, Charlie. So maybe that's what we're talking. Maybe that's the bully that Jerry's referring maybe to. Not. Very sad. Um, so then to get away from Jerry, Charlie and Amy like climb into a restaurant slash dance club. Is that a thing back then? They serve food, but it's also like strobe lights and foam dancing. Like a supper club? I'm not sure how it works. Supper club slash what a go-go as i am older and was alive in the 80s uh, a live functioning uh, adult human being uh i didn't have any any kind of that money to go to supper clubs it was like we went to parties at people's house and and we all put in five dollars and bought a keg so there were no supper clubs there was no hanging out in in la at the whiskey it was just poor people uh, sipping on whatever the cheapest keg you can get. So no Studio 54 for you oh is God, what you're saying. That was always my dream. I used to read the People magazine. And if only I, at age 13 or 12, could, could go to Studio 54. I was so jelly. If only. If only. So... Jerry follows them into the nightclub and quickly takes off his pleather trench coat to reveal a perfectly lovely 80-ish sweater with the full-on flash dance open collar kind of situation oh, yeah. where you see literally his shoulder, his clavicles, you see you see everything. You're just like, what is happening? With a whole shoulder he's walking dip, around. A whole shoulder dip. Oh yeah. Whole yes, no question. I mean, it had like weird, weird ridges on the sleeves. I mean, very fancy. All the more very fancy. To promote your furry teddy bear. He's 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 a daddy bear chest hair. I don't think no. I I think he was clean and shaven. I think he had the. I think he had a bare chest kind of kind of situation. I don't think he was. Lenny Ciccoloni. I was I, correct me if I'm I wrong. I don't remember. My mind just stitched it together because if he was hairless, it was probably natural because that really wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. Well, I mean, in the gay community, it might have been. Who's Ooh. to say? Because we really don't understand. Because you're right. Earlier Susan, in the movie, Susan, uh, can you tell us about your ex-husband? Is he a furry bear or is he smooth like a seal? 
That's right. We're going to talk about this. Chris Sarandon, who plays uh, Jerry Dandridge, was Susan Sarandon's uh, husband. And that's why she's Sarandon. She takes her name from him. Uh, but so he is is strolling around. And earlier at the house, we saw that one of his paintings was, I guess, a painting of Amy. But it's one of those things where you're just like, doesn't look like her that much. Doesn't look too much like Amy. Uh, and, and, but it's a reoccurring theme. And, Go ahead. And, but it's not like the vampire movies where this was my soulmate. It was just like, hey, she kind of looks like that. He tells his lover, hey, kind of looks like uh, Susie Joe from the painting. Yeah. Well, it, it's not you're like, right. like, like it's some eternal love or whatever, because literally he flips her and he's like, bah, bah, well, it, you're right. It's like they, they couldn't decide how they wanted to handle this because they're, the whole like I'm romancing you in the dance club thing kind of suggests like he's remembering their lost love. It's not I have crossed oceans of time to find you, but it is still uh, kind of it's it's an 80s version of that where it's like we're like I'm touching you and we're moving around in our hips and all this stuff while there's strobe lights flashing. And then later when he bites her, it's like she's on a bearskin rug wearing Marilyn Monroe's like nightgown or something. And, and he, you know, he gets at her. But later in the movie, uh, when he throws Charlie in the room with now she's turning into a vampire, he literally tosses Charlie a steak and says, oh, you'll need this later. Yeah. What? I don't, he, what? Basically, <laughs> well, even while he was seducing her, he was just looking at her with his dull, dead eyes. I mean, they had zero chemistry. Um, because right. I think what we have is a lesbian and a gay man that are, are, are trying to act like, uh, they're getting busy, but this is, this is sad, but and, true. And their so, cops cannot get over that. The, no, it's uncanny Valley. They can't get past it. Um, but it made it made no sense on a number of levels. He gives Charlie a steak because why? Um, number one, if if she's his long lost love reincarnated, you think you would care a little more about that, but not anymore. Um, and even if she's not, isn't your goal to get rid of Charlie? Why are you giving him a stake to defend himself unless it's some kind of I am so angry with you, Charlie, that I'm willing to let you kill my vampire child just so to mess you up since it's your ex-girlfriend or your current girlfriend, you're going to have to stake. Is that the idea? They don't articulate this. It it doesn't make any sense. And at one, let me go back a second while they're at the dance club, which must be what? An 18 and over 18 and under club. Because back in my (laughs) days, if you're in high school, uh, you can't go where they're serving alcohol. Well, they climb in the window of the kitchen. All right to get in there but when the bouncers come they call him like a chicken hawk what does that mean basically he's here to get the he's an old man coming to scoop up the little baby chicks a chicken hawk i've never heard that before he calls him a chicken hawk and are you googling that that's hilarious I got it. Yeah, I got to get that. But they, I think they throw that in because she looks like she's 35, 40 years old at this point. And, we, and they right. want they to remind us she's supposed to be in high school. 
Because she had little pink ribbons in her hair, little barrettes. Not, that's not that's the on issue. On the dance floor, all that drips away, and now magically she's transformed into a woman's '80s uh, "Let's Go Dancing" working girl outfit. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we didn't talk about how. Charlie, no one believes him, of course. So his last resort is, I'm going to go talk to Peter Vincent, who hosts the horror show on Saturday nights or every night. Who's to say? Um, he has just been fired from the network because no one wants to watch old vampire movies anymore. Um, he he tells uh, Charlie to hit the bricks because, of course, it's insane. What are you talking about? It isn't until later Amy goes to Peter Vincent's house and gives him a $500 savings bond that suddenly he's interested. He's like, okay, sounds good. I'm in. Um, but only so far is they're going to prove that Jerry's not a vampire. So they bring some fake holy water and make Jerry drink it to establish, look, Charlie, you're clearly you've lost your mind. He's not really You can't be a bothered just to swing by the old ch Catholic church and they literally have just containers of water. I can get enough to fill my, my, my drinking cup. I could drink holy water all day long. You could. That'd be kind of gross because fingers have been in it, <laughs> right? People have in been... some churches, they have these things that look like one of those old silver coffee pots, but there's like a golden oh, cross yes. so you can fill up, you know, in case you have to go to an exorcism or something. Just in case. Just in case vampires attack the city. If you only drink uh, holy water, like if I bring my thermos and just like fill it up and I drink it all day long, does that make me more holy? Like if all my cells, like the only liquids I get are holy water. And so all my cells are now blessed. Does that give me any kind of special powers? I think it makes you a freak. I don't know if it makes if it gives you any other powers ask, beyond the I'll, madness. I'll ask mom at Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she'll have some uh, opinions on that. Uh, sweet Jesus. So, <laughs> so Peter Vincent, as he's leaving, he accidentally drops. He gets out his compact for some it's reason. A cigarette case. It's a cigarette. There you for go. Women. Cigarette case. Right. He drops it. And then he notices, or he, he notices that Jerry doesn't cast a reflection and then drops his cigarette case. So now, now Jerry kind of knows, but I can't understand. Was Jerry going to kill Charlie anyway? Was it just kind of like, I'm going to invite them all over to prove to the friends and family, Hey, I'm not a vampire. And then I'll kill Charlie. Or is he going to let Charlie go? I don't think he's going to let Charlie go at this point. They're the what are your wimpiest thoughts? vampires. I'm just going to put that out there. The wimpiest oh. vampires. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him, daddy. <laughs> he could, there's no question they could have killed all four of them right then and yes. there and just been done with There's too much dicking around in this movie. There, there's definitely a lot of opportunities for Jerry to kill Charlie that he does not take. He um, he kidnaps Amy from the dance floor with his moves. Let's be honest. Um, and Charlie's like, you can't kill me in front of all these people. And Jerry goes, well, I don't want to kill you. I want you to go get Peter Vincent and bring him to my house. And then what? And then ostensibly, I'll kill you all day. Or, 
swinging. We're swinging, baby. Or we'll swing. We'll see. It's it's a dice. It's a dice roll uh, either way. Put Who's on to some, say? some sweet 80s love songs and we're going to get busy. We're going to drink some Long Island iced teas and maybe some Zimas and and it's on. Yeah, we turn on a little Luther Vandross and let the good times. Just the two of us, or just the five of us. We can make it if we try. (laughs) That's it, just the five of us. Um, Oh, sweet Jesus. So So now Charlie's convinced Peter, okay, we are gonna go try to rescue Amy. Ed popped up at Peter's house and tried to murder him unsuccessfully if you cannot murder old crispy peter vincent you got to turn in your vampire card because that's i mean let's be honest roddy mcdowell on his best day in you know vital strong life he would have been 95 pounds soaking wet let's be honest he was vital at any point (laughs) in his life (laughs) oh roddy if you're listening I'm a fan. Oh, Roddy, if you're listening, you must be 110 years old. (laughs) He's dead now. But if he's listening from beyond the grave, we're big fans. (laughs) Um, Okay. So they tried to use the cross on Jerry. But because Roddy McDowell doesn't really have the faith, it doesn't work. Um, And at that point, literally, Roddy runs out of the house and leaves Charlie behind. Some hero. Mm -hmm. He runs next door to Charlie's house to get help, runs upstairs to try to wake up Charlie's mom. And there's evil Ed wearing Raggedy Ann's wig. What in the hell? Who was that for? That was his mom. That was so stupid. (laughs) And where did he get the Raggedy Ann wig? Is that for mom's dungeon play? What is that? It's for Bob's dungeon play. That's exactly right. It's all it's all Raggedy Ann cosplay in her bedroom, evidently. Who's to say? Of Raggedy Ann. Oh, sweet Jesus. Uh this time Roddy McDowell does kill Evil Ed because Evil Ed jumps on the stake that Roddy was holding. So that's convenient. Thanks for that. The only good part of this is, is I always liked on the vampire movies where they put the cross on the forehead and it like sticks yes. and then they pull it back and it's like sauce dripping off of it. <laughs> yes. They, they right. Did, that was a good move. In every vampire movie. That's my favorite part. They're just walking around with like this burnt uh, cross right in their head. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Later in the movie, Jerry's tossed Charlie into the room, like we said, uh, with Amy, who's now vamping out, and with a stake. Roddy McDowell runs up the stairs, and the door's locked. And Roddy's like, Peter Vincent's like, oh, step away from the door, Charlie. I'll break it down. Really? You're breaking down the door? 75-year-old Roddy McDowell, you breaking down the door. I would say, bro, you better go get some help. Otherwise, I'm dead they meat. Said, this is an old house. This isn't those like uh, hollow core doors you get in new construction. No. That, that a five-year-old can kick a hole through when they're angry. These are like, my <laughs> house was built in 48. These are solid wood doors. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Later, they realize, oh, if we kill Jerry, then Amy will come back to life. But then I kept thinking, wouldn't that have worked for Ed as well? Why did we kill poor Ed? If we could have, all we had to do was kill Jerry. Well, 
Maybe they weren't that close to Ed after all. I guess that's the They're moral like, story. Screw it. And then they tried to have this very tender moment with poor Ed dying, reaching out for Roddy McDowell. Jesus. It was a long transformation scene because he turned into like a, a husky or something. I'm not sure that's in the mythology. They can turn into huskies. Um, hey, in the original, or not the original, the Gary Oldman He's a wolf, he's a bat, he's a slug, he's a, uh, I don't know, a centipede. He's a slug! <laughs> <laughs> yes, he turned into a slug. Good times. So um, so then Billy, they, they basically, they bring a gun because they figure, well, Billy is the human familiar. But then they shoot Billy 15 times. And Billy and now he's a robot? is not human. He's an alien or a robot? Because well, they now he's, he's go ahead. Amy freezes pouring out of him or Mountain Dew. We don't right. know. And then his face yes. melts. Is he the Terminator? Well, they they shoot him six times, including in the head. Um, and they finally stab him in the heart with the stake, and he turns into a combination of slime and sand for some reason. With no other explanation. And then it was literally like somebody threw a bucket of bones down the stairs. Oh. They're like, oh, that's the end of Billy. You know what it is. Very sad. It's one of those Japanese sex robots, like the early model. <laughs> it's very disturbing. It always takes a dark turn with you, Aaron. Men, Suddenly men it's always, the sex dungeon. Men are always trying to replace women. So they could have like, like a, a sex object that they can brush their hair, have sex, and spend no money and have no responsibilities. They just turn them on when they're done playing uh, whatever, Call of Duty 900. Yep, pretty much. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> uh, I like... I like that when Amy becomes the vampire, her hair suddenly is long and, and golden. It's like, what, is this part of the vampire mythology? I thought it looked better. Like she always had her hair super short uh, as an actress right. going forward. I thought it looked pretty good with long and blonde. Not too shabby. I mean, it was I that 80s, it. like I bleached my black hair, blonde, brass, but it still looked pretty good. Right. No question. Anywho, any, uh, any last... Uh observations you want to share or shall we talk about behind the scenes yeah i think we we covered everything we covered all the bases mm -hmm. i i only wrote seven oh. things that's now that's a travesty that is a damn travesty um at the time this movie was being filmed the studio was sinking all of its efforts into making hits out of such films as perfect with John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis, you remember it. I never and saw it. And The Slugger's Wife. The Slugger's Wife was the other I one. So because they were it. so focused, never saw I I'm familiar with Perfect, not that familiar with Slugger's Wife. But basically, they let Fright Night just do whatever they wanted. They're like, as long as you stick to the budget, whatever's clever. Good times. Um, I'm sure it was successful. They talked it seems classic 80s. Oh, no question. Every high school uh, kid ran over there to go see it, I'm sure. The character of Peter Vincent, like we said, was basically based on Peter Cushing from those Hammer movies and Vincent Price. And in fact, Vincent Price was their original choice to play Peter Vincent. Um, but he was just way too old and was trying to way like, too stay, old. like steer. He was in Edward Scissorhands. 
No, but to, this is kind of an active role. Oh. I mean, he's like rolling around on the floor with Evil Ed. I mean, they could have rewritten it to, you know, fit him. Where he just stands there. Touch your mouth, boy. <laughs> he, he walks in with a cane and just like, oh, don't touch me. Uh, good times. Uh, it was Chris Sarandon's idea to have Jerry constantly eating fruit because in his mind, because in his mind, his character is part fruit bat. I don't know what that means. If there's some deeper meaning fruit bat. I mean, if it was nasty, like in the witches of Eastwick, when you got Jack Nicholson, he's always eating some weird exotic fruit. That's like dripping down his shin. Maybe if he did something like that, but he's part fruit bat. What the hell? Part fruit bat. That's how he does. I mean, in all my um, vampire knowledge, I don't drink vine. They don't eat human food or drink human drinks. Well, this one does. I mean, I think it was so that they could have him bite the apple and it's literally like a crescent shape. Like he's literally taking a huge bite right through the core so that then later he can throw the core at somebody. Yeah, I mean... I did see that in the apple, but I, I and I thought it was weird that you would just continue to. I didn't see it as one giant bite. I saw it. No. I thought it was weird that they would eat it through the core, but I didn't get any of that. <laughs> no, I, there's that scene where Charlie's like climbing through the bushes and staring at uh, Jerry and Billy putting old trash bags in the back of the. Right the jeep cherokee and the mom comes out charlie charlie and when they pan out (laughs) right when they pan out charlie's literally laying on the lawn five feet away from them in full view it's like bro come on good lord um this was the most financially successful horror film of the 1985 summer season i believe it well what else came out in horror genre at that time well, it was the second highest grossing horror film of 1985 behind Nightmare on Elm Street 2, what? Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. All right. Well, that so makes sense go. that Nightmare is ahead of this. Maybe that those are the only two movies released. They might have been. And frankly, I, I've said it before. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, not a good movie. So there you go. Good Lord. Um, one of the life masks of Roddy McDowell taken for the Planet of the Apes franchise is visible in Peter Vincent's apartment. Oh, how funny. So maybe this was just Roddy McDowell's apartment. <laughs> Who's to say? Um, much of the film's $9.5 million budget was spent on special effects. And this was the first vampire film to spend a million dollars on special effects. So there you go. Oh my God. It all went um, into the stupid bat. The nightclub set was the same set used from Brian De Palma's Body Double the previous year, where they do the Frankie Goes to Hollywood sequence. We'll talk about that when we do Body Double. Relax, don't do it. Good time. Don't do it. Um, Let's see, anything else? Roddy McDowell videotaped behind-the-scenes stuff extensively during the movie, but no one knows what happened to those videos. They're buried away in Roddy McDowell's vault. Who could who could say what it all means? Uh, Charlie Sheen auditioned for the role of Charlie Brewster, and he was not chosen because they said Charlie is obviously a hero. Like the Charlie Sheen, when you cast him, he's tall, he's strapping, he's good looking. 
they wanted somebody who looked like just kind of a more typical boy next door kind of thing. I say that sounds like a better choice. <laughs> but but everybody uh, loves Crazy Ragsdale. He's still working right now. He's the king of... Uh, let's not get carried no, I, away. I Google it. He's the king of TV. He's another one of these um, um, who's been on every episode of any Law & Order type production or anything having to do with like The Shield, the the Blood Blothers, whatever any of that bullshit. Yeah, the, the, you know the Blood Blothers, that famous successful show on the CBS network. <laughs> Um, no, I saw him, I saw him a couple years ago. He was on justified, um, with Timothy Oliphant. Uh, and I think that was the last, the first time I'd seen him in 25 years. Cause you're right. I remember he was in this movie. He was in the sequel that came out like a year or two later. And he was on the Fox sitcom Herman's head, which we've mentioned many times. Herman's head was basically the guy works in an office with Hank Azaria and, we're constantly being confronted by the four different parts of his personality that are personified by these other actors, essentially talking to each other and arguing about things. And that's how Herman makes the decisions. He I, who the, what kind of psychopath came up with this? Good old Fox. It's madness. Good old Fox, the crazy shark mouth that you see Amy have later in the movie. Um, they wanted something for the big finale and they didn't have any money left. So they asked the, um, the special effects guy to kind of jury rig something like hastily over the weekend that they could use. And the guy was hesitant because he's like, it's going to look like crap. I will do it if you promise that it will only be shown briefly in a few scenes and we won't get any big long stares out. And they're like, absolutely. The final cut, that crazy, greasy shark mouth is everywhere. In fact, it's on the poster <laughs> and it's on the uh, the DVD box. Right, because so you should have used that all along. Who the hell? You write a whole movie and then the last weekend you think about what the ending should be? Yeah, good times. Sweet Jesus. Um, we have to talk about Evil Ed's oh. acting style. His acting style. Then we'll talk about his acting choices right. after this. Um, his acting style is ridiculously ridiculous. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where you're like, I have no idea what emotion you're trying to be conveying. It's so ridiculous and over the top. It's madness. But he's, he's he is hilarious though. And all these things. He's funny. He's right. wacky. He's hyperactive. He's yelling and screaming. I mean, he's funny. He's he's funny. Now, after these movies, because he he was in quite a few things in the 80s. He was in Fraternity Vacation, which was filmed in Palm Springs, our hometown. Uh -huh. He was in this movie. He was in a movie called 976 Evil, yeah. directed by Robert England. Um by the 90s, the film roles were starting to dry up a little bit. And we, we all got to pay bills. And about that time, he started to do gay porn. Gay porn. And he is a leprechaun. I looked him up. He's only like 5'5". Five, five. I don't even know what you call that. I mean, I know what a bear is. What do you call like a tiny little fella? Like a twink? I, think, I thought twinks had to be like fashionable and good looking. Oh, maybe. He's an, Who's he's to an say? Ugly twink. Oh, if you're listening, no offense. No, um, I've, but yeah. I've seen gay porn. These guys are always super good looking and smooth as right. wheels. 
Well, and they're like athletic, athletic. and muscular. The sets uh, are are so much nicer than, than hetero porn <laughs> that look like they're at the Motel 6 on the outside of town. No, it, it's like there's right. like lighting, there's theme music. It's all it's a whole extravaganza. I mean, I I don't have an extensive experience with gay porn, but I did have a, a friend who is a lesbian who is married to a gay dude for her citizenship. So we forced okay. her to uh, steal some of her husband's gay porn just because we've never seen it. So that that's all my experience. Uh, interesting. Well, it, it's basically you had um, Amy goes on to do Married with Children for 100 years. William Ragsdale does the sequel for some I don't for some reason they didn't bring Evil Ed back cuz even though Evil Ed is killed the final stinger of the movie is his red eyes looking from across the you know the next door window saying you're so cool Charlie Brewster or something along those lines suggesting that he's alive I thought that was an alien Not back It was not an alien Um <laughs> So when the sequel rolls around, it's just Roddy McDowell and William Ragsdale. They didn't even bring back Marcy, Marcy Rhodes. Oh, by then, uh, she, slash Darcy. Yeah, by then she was the queen of Married with Children. She didn't have time for this, right? Yes. So she's doing that. William Ragsdale's doing these things, and then Herman's head, and then poor old Stephen Jeffries doing other things. Let's just say that. For like a long Sad time, situation. almost 10 years. For quite a while. Then, for almost 10 years. And then uh, he got back into mainstream. Right. I I think, I mean, he he was he was a gay actor. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just like if you, I mean, you, that's a hard transition. I, don't you think you'd just be like, I'm just going to work at Nordstrom's? I don't think I would go right to Gay porn. I want to read that book. But who's Let to say read that book? Has he written a memoir? That I'm always, I'm always curious. <laughs> were you, were you? He didn't dip a toe. He was in there for like no. nine years in in yeah. the industry, and then came back out. So I, I, I want to read that book. I'll, 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 I'll ask him. I'm sure he's on Twitter. Uh, so well, I, check him I out. will put it out there, and then I will uh, recommend it for my book club. Let's talk about the cast, shall we? Oh, we just did. Uh, we did not. Chris Sarandon, you know him. He played Jerry Dandridge, the vampire next door. He was the voice of Jack Skellington in Nightmare Before Christmas. Not the singing voice. Right. The speaking voice. Uh, he was in, uh, what the heck? He was Count Dracula and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What the hell? Orange is the New Black. There you Ooh, go. Who was he was he also in Orange is the New Black? Uh, Kip Carnegie. He's still good looking. Does that mean anything to you? No. He's, he, I will he's say handsome devil. he's still good looking. Now, um, this tells you, I had no idea. I mean, I know uh, Susan Sarandon is uh, an older actress. I didn't realize how old she is. She and Chris Sarandon got married in 67. Right. She, right. Susan Sarandon is 75 years old. She looks, yeah. she looks great. Well, you knew when she was doing like Witches of Eastwick and Thelma and Louise, you knew she wasn't a spring chicken. No, but none of those, those ladies movies. were. No. Chris Sarandon, a few years after doing this movie, actually was in Child's Play. I, he was in the original Chucky movie. I never saw that. So we should see, we should do that sometime. It's fun. The first one, I, I haven't seen all of them. There's like a hundred <laughs> of them. Uh, William Ragsdale played Charlie Brewster. We said Fright Night, Herman's Head, Justified. 
something called Search Party, if you're interested in that. It came out in 2016. Amanda Bears. I'm sure I'm messing up her name. Bears. It's like bear with an S and an E at the end. She was in Friday Night, Married with Children, something called Nikki. No. Not familiar Nicki with Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj. I guess it's a spinoff? Or is it the of Nikki from Children. the Prince song? Darling Nikki. Roddy McDowell, you know him. He died in nineteen. He died in nineteen ninety eight. Very sad. Uh, Fright Night, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. He played Caesar. Planet of the Apes. He played Cornelius. He was also in Overboard. With uh, he played Andrew the Butler. You know what? I love Overboard. Um, It's great. (laughs) It's great. And Captain Ron. Stephen. Captain Ron! Uh, Stephen Jeffries played Evil Ed. We know him from Fright Night at Close Range in 1986. Moon 44, I'm not familiar with that. 976 Evil, good times. And I'm not going to talk about his other his other. Give work. me one name. Uh, I'm not going to give you any Uh-oh. names. Very upsetting. Uh, I think that's about all we need to know. Shall we talk about the rating? Yeah. Oh, oh, let's talk about the director. Oh. The director did actually quite a few things. Director was Tom Holland, wrote and directed this. He did Friday Night, wrote the screenplay for Child's Play, wrote Psycho 2, Thinner. I never saw um, Thinner. I never read the book either. I, read, well, I think it's like, is it a full book or is it a novella? I'm trying to remember. I thought that was the big Richard Bachman when Stephen King wanted to see if, if people would still read his books if it wasn't Stephen King. And the answer was no. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> oh, then he went situation. back to putting Stephen King on everything. Um, there was a remake of Friday Night that came out, I don't know, 10 years ago, starring Colin Farrell as the vampire next door. All right. It had um, David Tennant, Doctor Who, played Peter Vincent, but as kind of a Chris Angel type. Oh, Jesus. Which is kind of an interesting, it was kind of an interesting choice. <laughs> um, and McLovin played Evil Ed. So there you go. That sounds like, it, it, it sounds a, pretty good, actually. It's actually, not, it's actually not bad. It's better than you think. They actually, is it then they than made. This? Nothing's better than this. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, so they, you got the original Friday Night. You've got the sequel that came out a couple of years later, which I don't think is even available on Blu-ray. I think you have to watch it on YouTube or something. Then 10 years, more than 10 years, 30 years later, whenever it was, they did the remake with Colin Farrell. Then they made an unrelated sequel to that movie. And they're saying Tom Holland is going to do a new sequel of the original movie and bring back like, as many of the original cast as they can. Obviously, they can't bring back Roddy McDowell, but everybody else is more or less available. Maybe they could have a, a Cornelius mass somewhere in the back. Please, right? Uh, let's talk about the rating. Fright Night currently has 92% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Only because it's a bunch of your friends voting for that. That makes no Those sense. Those are the critics. That makes no sense. That's the critics. It makes perfect sense to me. Let's see if we got any any top critics, what their what thoughts and feelings Ebert are. What did Roger Ebert say about this, this nonsense? Roger Ebert gave it three out of four. Fright Night is not a distinguished movie, but it has a lot of fun being undistinguished. <laughs> it's a crappy movie, go. and it enjoys being crappy. 
I think that's what he's trying to say. Janet Maslin, New York Times, says its tone is never exactly comedic, and its horrific touches are more disgusting than scary. She's not a fan. Not a fan. So there you go. And what's interesting is that the audience score is only 76. Hmm. But, but does the audience, I mean, do they lock the reviews like the year it came out? Or do people continue no. to review it? Um, Whenever somebody reviews it, you can add it to the to the list. So or whatever, I think that's I what's happening. So the the critic reviews are locked from nineteen whatever, and and everybody else who are like, oh, I gotta go watch that movie that came out when I was I saw it when I was thirteen. It was the greatest. Here, you guys sit down, watch it. Nah. Until then, they give it a C. Perhaps there's thirty eight reviews by critics and over twenty five thousand reviews from the audience. Mm-hmm. So. Take it for what it's worth. What is your rating? I'm very indifferent about this movie. I don't love it. <sighs> I don't hate it. It it, it I it, it's allowed to exist. Uh, I, I don't think like copies of it should be burned. Uh, but I'm completely indifferent. I I could never. Uh, I am completely indifferent. So. It does have a right to exist in in this metaverse or whatever we say. Um, I feel like I rate every movie three points, three out of every every right. movie. I want you to create a spe- a spreadsheet of all my reviews. I I suspect that there's going to be this uh, spike that goes to the universe uh, and touches, I don't know, Jesus at right about three. But yeah, let me get right on that. <laughs> I am going to give it a uh, three pleather uh, 80s jackets out of five. Fascinating. I'm going to give it 4.5. Oh, Jesus. Out of five uh, sensitive 80 sweaters. Dude, I am calling 911 because there, I need someone to do a safety check. Because call, uh, Do a safety did, check. Did, your, did, your, did you prepare your own breakfast or did your wife prepare it for you? And have you recently pissed her off? Because I feel like brain cells are popping and I can hear them. I, I, I don't know what's happening. She was talking to me and I was distracted. So she hit me in the face with a hamburger. So it's hard to say what's happening at that was point. Was your pork Look, sausage undercooked? Because I think the trichinosis has crawled its way into your brain. <laughs> it, it ain't Shakespeare. I've said it a million times. It ain't Shakespeare. But I think this movie is a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of fun. Okay. Not exactly scary. And I don't, I, honestly, I think it, it calls itself a horror comedy. So I, I think it's meant to be kind of funny. Right. Um, it's not, you're not rolling on the floor laughing. It's just, it's fun. It's inoffensive. There's a couple boobs. If that's what you're looking for, <laughs> we got you covered. Okay. There may be some inappropriate relationships. Who's to Who's say? To I'm say? not one to Who's judge. To judge? I I enjoy it. I think Chris Sarandon's great. I think Evil Ed is hilarious and strange in his own bizarro way. And I love Roddy McDowell. Can't go wrong. Can't go it's wrong. Fine. The devil you say. <laughs> 
the devil you say. Look, are there better films than this? Yes. But this is one of my favorite 80s horror films. All right. I guess you can have that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So thank you very much. Go to our page on Twitter at TPodcastTWDie to see us. We're also on Facebook at The Podcast That Wouldn't Die. Aaron, we're on the Insta. We're on the Insta. We are The Podcast That Wouldn't Die. With all those underscores. Remember... Uh, we are all, you can also emailing us. You can also email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. We are on Spotify, Apple podcasts, good pods, anywhere. The finer podcasts are available. So make sure that you like share rate review and spread the word. Damn it. Aaron, you are also on social media. I am the cult of Aaron. Join the cult. Uh, I'm the Cult of Aaron on the Insta, on the Twitski. I'm also Don't Feed the Pigeon on the Insta. Send her all your direct messages. No! She loves it. Stop. She loves it. Stop. No direct so check messages. That out. All direct messages <laughs> should be directed towards uh, Mr. Kevin. Please do not. So uh, next week, we'll be discussing the horror classic. Carrie, directed by Brian De Palma with Sissy Spacek, John Travolta, Nancy Allen, once again, PJ Souls, Amy Irving, William Cat from Greatest American yeah. Hero. It is a classic. So check that out. It's on Fubo, if you happen to have it's that, which I do not. It's a perfect movie. It's a perfect slice of lies. Horrific girl bullying. You only hear about boys bullying boys and bringing guns to school. Here's a little slice of life. Men always want to know what goes on in the uh, ladies' restroom. Here you go. This is classic 70s junior high, high school girls feeding off each other. So check it out. Let us know what you think. Good time. So thank you very much and be well. Later, skaters. 